Kate Fennessy's trying to write a novel, and Helen Brown's going to help her. Welcome to our podcast, Novel Therapy, the first time writer's clinic. Hi everyone and welcome to episode one of Novel Therapy. I'm Kate Fennessy, aspiring author and social media marketer. And I'm Helen Brown, New York Times bestselling author. So welcome everyone to our first ever episode. Well, um, it's more of a clinic, really. It is a clinic. That's exactly right. So we're um, going to basically trace the journey of, of writing what will be my first attempt, my first proper attempt at a novel. Hmm. Um, and Helen is going to help guide and um, input into that process, which I'm very, very lucky to have access to to you Helen for this it's very exciting well as I say I'm not a teacher I've never you know I don't even know if you can teach writing but I've got rather more experience than I'd like to claim (laughs) and um and anything I can do to help I'd be grateful to help you and if you're listening and struggling with a creative project of your own maybe you'll gain something from these sessions I hope you do Yeah, and look, exactly. It doesn't have to be a novel that you might be attempting, but anything creative. And today we're going to talk about that as a sort of a first step in terms of what the creative process is all about and how you can set yourself up for success in that. Um, So what what we're going to do in terms of structure is we're going to start with it with a checkup because we are a clinic. We're a clinic Mm. for... For first-time writers. Um, and Jonah here is the receptionist. Yes, Jonah is he'll, sort of letting us in. check you in, yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so in terms of our checkup, that's us just catching up um, and seeing what's been happening. So what's been happening for you lately, well, Helen? I don't know. I'm having a year. I think my word for this year is remarkable. I'm trying remarkable things that I haven't tried before just to see how they feel like because if you keep doing the same thing, Turning out books yeah. every year, you get the same results. Whereas this year, I've, I'm, I've written a children's book that's coming out in October, and we're doing this, which is such fun. It is quite remarkable. And speaking of words, I think we should let our listeners know that we're already building a little bit of a anti-word list, words yeah. we want to avoid. It's like a swear jar. It's a swear jar. But it's really a bad writer's jar. Yes, because <laughs> writers need to avoid cliches and daggy, annoying words. So the first word that that is on that list is journey. Journey. We try not to use journey. <laughs> There's a How much goes in the jar? 50 cents? We've got to work it out. 50 cents is a good start. And look, the other word that people are using far too much at the moment is amazing. It is an amazing journey. I know life is amazing, but not (laughs) everything that happens in it is amazing. Yes. I think it's a lazy word. Yeah, we have have a third word, which is lovely. Mm. And look, I've been victim of you. I I culprit. (laughs) I really do. I fess up. And it it wasn't only about two months ago I realised I was using it in almost every email. It was terrible. So now I'm having my using different parts of my brain to actually think about what I'm saying to somebody. Is it lovely or is it stimulating? Yes, there's so many better options. So that's something you'll notice us just policing. Exactly. Um, and in terms of my checkup, it's similar to what you're saying about being um, focusing on remarkable. I'm I'm actually focusing on the idea of exploring at the moment. I went on a fabulous um, non-conference recently in Byron Bay, which was actually really really good, and it reminded me, in a sort of totally unexpected way, of things like playfulness, inviting playfulness into my life, which could mean my work life, my 
anything. Um, and just this idea of exploring, it really invigorated me. Um, and it's just lately it's on my radar to just keep that, keep that up, keep that idea. That's, and that's wonderful. Yeah. Mm. And I is. think that's so good for creativity. Yeah. yeah. And it's something that women don't allow themselves much of at all. Exactly. We're very serious. We're very committed. Yeah. We're constantly busy. We're looking after everyone else. Yeah. We forget how to play. Absolutely. That's true. And I think that's an um, apt way to basically open the clinic discussion for today because I think the main part of what we want to do is kind of, you know, touch base about this whole process. And, yeah, I think the, I think the natural starting point is um, – why we write and how we write we wanted to sort of tackle that from the start because Helen and I were talking about this week that like I'm a single mother I run a business trying to give space to this Mm. project has been my biggest challenge it's been on my to-do list for god knows how many years but I've never adequately had that mental energy Mm. it's not so much been a time thing it's been an energy Mm. thing Mm. um so we wanted to talk about that today like what what are your thoughts on how do you inviting and nurture space for creativity when you're a woman yeah I think it's a very conscious effort you have to make I honestly believe there's something like a muse or it's your subconscious is a word you can use if you don't want to use an old-fashioned word like muse but you have to actually create a gap so that those ideas can come in I've never had a good idea in a room full of noisy people or well, maybe changing the third nappy for the day, something <laughs> might have hit me like a thunderbolt. But you need those quiet times of peace that allow these to, so you can welcome these ideas in and, and examine them gently. And quite often, that's where the best, it's like a seed in the ground at, at night. It does most of its growing in the mm. dark. And I think it's the same that's a lovely with way creativity. Of so are you talking about downtime, like almost... I'm going to well, say scheduling in, which is yeah, an oxymoron. Well, the, I think the downtime to me is playing that annoying shark game on the on my um, iPad. You know, you da- don't <laughs> okay, confuse downtime yeah. with watching game shows on TV. Right. It, it's something that puts you in a contemplative space. We're here on Phillip Island. It's mm. just wonderful. You can walk along the beach and look at the waves coming in like layers of lace and you can think your ideas are coming in with each wave and washing out if they're not so good I think listen to Jonah (laughs) (laughs) he's just agreeing yeah so I think there's something about that honoring the creative soul within yourself and for a lot of women it's also time it's time and energy are the two great mm. things we lack. And when you think of male mm. writers and what they've had in their lives, right. Proust, Marcel Proust, lay in bed and waited for his maid to come in and bring him croissants and coffee every morning. <laughs> and if he felt like it, she would stay and talk to him. Yeah. Oh. It's just another level. Yeah. And we have to find that and not be angry about it, though a little bit of anger can be a very good catalyst, as yeah. I think you might find with Absolutely. your writing. Yeah, it drives you. But ultimately it, it can harm you if you get to if you hang on to it too long. Yeah. 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 Do you know I'm gonna take these headphones off because it's to check our sound, but I can see our sounds working. There we go, that's better. Um, yeah, well that's a really interesting starting point because when I reflect on those times in my schedule 
it's the stuff I'm doing without realizing how important it is. Like most days when I work from home, I march off down to the, I live in Frankston. I march on down to Oliver's Hill and I do a little quick loop. I do the same loop. So I'm not overthinking it, but I see the bay most mornings and just that Mm -hmm. touch, that encounter sets me up well for the day. Um, and even drive time, like driving That's down right. here with music, I like that kind of space yeah, and time. Yeah. Yeah. I think routine is a very helpful thing yeah. in the process of creativity because it calms you down. And as you say, you don't have to think consciously no. too much. No. And I'm, I'm a great stickler of that. I love my morning coffee and that also yeah. wakes me up. Yeah. And because writing's solitary, for mm. me, it's lovely to sit in a cafe and just observe people for half an hour. A tradie came into the local cafe this morning. I watched, he entered like like some kind of lion into some not very safe place. And it was interesting <laughs> watching him. And, yeah, oh, that's and, so true. Yeah. yeah. So there's inspiration in everyday life. Absolutely. And in these routines. Yeah, observing people, that's absolutely true. Because in holiday mode, I love people watching, but I think I forget to do that in my ordinary life. Oh, I'm an obsessive eavesdropper. There's yeah. nothing I love more than yeah. sitting in a restaurant or yeah. cafe. Oh, I do like eavesdropping too, actually. <laughs> I think it's the right. Yeah. I hear some good conversations on the beach in summer down on the Mornington Peninsula, like hearing young girls in their 20s talking about stuff and you just think, wow, it's such a different world. Yeah, well, there you go. That's really interesting. And another thing, curiosity. And I yeah. never stop learning, even though I've no. been writing for a living for. 45 years (laughs) I still don't consider myself a master I still keep learning and uh, I'm fascinated to see what's happening in the world and what people are being subjected to their brains and Mm. uh, because I want to be part of it for as long as possible Jonah wants to be part of it too oh well we all know that yeah that's it's really lovely that that's the first starting point that we discussed we we discussed it last week was it last week when we did our sort of um a trial run we mm. couldn't quite get our recording up to um speed yet but um we you talked about the idea of the non-physical and tuning into that and i think that's been a lovely thing for me to just even think about over the last week and what that means and mm. we talked about writing for grief and writing through pain and writing as a way of writing for therapy which is mm. connected for to healing. this theme for yeah healing. Mm. and i think that's been really interesting just to tune into i think i didn't realize how important that side of it was mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. I think if you can be really true to yourself true to your pain and authentic and honest then you might come through with something mm. that others will relate to and that can be quite a hard thing to do we'll talk about that later mm. but I think by the time we get further into your book yeah. you'll have revealed so much of your soul on this these podcasts that I it know. won't be a problem I to know. you <laughs> True. Well, it's funny because when we first got when I got here this morning, I've handed Helen my first four thousand words. So they're just Helen's encouraging me just to get it down. I'm not editing too much, but it's funny. The first thing I said when I sat down was I just dove into the past, into a story mm. of telling Helen the moment I found out my husband had cheated on me in real life, which is very much wrapped around this novel. And it's funny because oh, I don't know how to explain it. It's it's. I've probably pushed away a lot of those memories. They're mm-hmm. getting dislodged. Mm-hmm. I had yeah. to file them away under too heavy, yes. can't deal right now. They were processing somewhere in the back annals of my subconscious. But for me to sit down and tell that story this morning, that's because I'm writing. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. And do you know what? That distance, that emotional distance yeah. you have from the original pain oh, is going to make it a better book. Um, yeah, if you're if just I, poor, yeah. I, I fully recommend keeping a diary if you mm. want to. I, mm. I never have, but then I've written weekly columns, which have been like a diary in a way. Yeah, but like a public that, diary. That's sort of first aid. What you're doing yeah. now is digging up ancient pain and turning it around into a, a different thing mm. that might be helpful to others exactly that's what I'm very much hoping because mm. you're right and I'm a huge diary writer journal writer um but that's not for sharing that's just no. for dumping that's how I process mm. things and you're right it's always emergency it's yeah. it's high it's emotional it's always like blah 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 blah, blah. I need to get something mm. off my chest but this is different this is about telling a story because I want women to realize the power of stepping into who you actually can be. That's very much at the center for me of this novel. I'm trying to paint a picture of a woman who is stuck in her own prison that she's created for herself, but actually she can evolve out of it. And that's what I want to share. So I've got to dive into those hard memories and they're still raw. They're still, I can still dive in and think bloody hell, get washed over with that memory, but you're right. I can use it now. It's not, yes, I won't drown in it. Yeah. Um, I'll be able to use it for good. So it's, I guess it's turning something negative into a positive. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Fascinating. But it's interesting. It's, you're right. It's going to be a journey. And one thing we spoke about in our lives on Helen's page is that we're going to have guests on our podcast as well as we, I think we'll do it in an organic way. We're not going to try and be too structured. A lot of writing podcasts will get very formulaic about Oh, we would dialogue and characters. It's boring. No, no, no. No, we're talking more, almost, almost more about the sort of spiritual journey, or the perhaps as a as a woman as well, that yes. side of things. Yes. Um, but yeah, we will have guests, so that's going to be exciting because as we weave through this process, as the four thousand turns into ten and twenty and more, we'll definitely have guests. So yeah. we're excited about that as yeah. well. I must say, I I like your opening. F- first few paragraphs it's a very good sign oh, good. so yeah and I remember yeah I think it's really important to have as you probably I probably said to you mm-hmm. um the the novel needs to start with chaos there needs to be some yeah. awful pain and um my New York publisher sometimes I've shown her my stuff and she'll say up the ante yeah. this isn't enough this isn't enough pain this yeah. isn't this family isn't crazy enough <laughs> and that's been very worthwhile Wow, very valuable. Yeah, for well, me. for those, yeah. just for some context, Helen and I have worked together, gosh, it must be like three years now, do you reckon? Oh, Who it knows? Feels like it feels like a breath. Like, well, exactly. <laughs> but we worked together originally in a work capacity, so my social media marketing role, I, I helped Helen. Um, you're brilliant, Ed. Oh, thank you. Mm. Yeah, and it's fun working with a um, client like Helen who's got a real community who love her. It's been She's always been one of my favourite clients, but our relationships evolved where I started to tell her about writing and Helen was the first one to sort of hear my idea my rough concept for the novel and immediately you said to me turn it up turn up the volume condense it so I went away and did that in the planning phase and now I'm in the writing phase so it's really Mm -hmm. exciting to see it come to life Um, but I've been enjoying it so far yeah and that's the most important thing because you know chances are you're not going to make a fortune out of this statistically nobody is but 
it's a much deeper reward you'll get from it yeah Yeah. and look I when I think of all the years I've written the greatest joy for me has been the connection with readers yeah and that some have become close personal friends and I really value their opinions and and they validate where I am on my path you know so it's it's fantastic really yeah no it is I think for me the part the manuscript would be my main goal like just to be able to sit there and say I did it oh you know but you're going to be much better than that and we're going to talk about structure um quite soon I think because for me I started out as a 750 word writing columnist and I was that for many years and I was telling you well that again works very well for a busy woman and that you don't have to spread out over eight months a concept but you do have this deadline every Mm. week and I remember I was just telling you earlier I I wrote while I was in labor with Catherine I was hammering out a column and and then oh and then having a space for yourself this is so vital for a woman I did much of my work on the kitchen table for years and years and then finally we got a spare bedroom Mm. and I Moved my desk in there and mm. got an old desk, which I still have. <laughs> and the doors became absolutely pockmarked with two little boys throwing stuff at them, saying, <laughs> come out of there, mum. So, but these oh, things all, all make us stronger and more determined. Yeah, Keep I writing. think so. I th- and I look, I've got a space. I'm, I'm, in That's a, good. I'm in a place where I've got my own study. Um, my daughter, who's 16 doesn't quite realise the difference between when I'm working, which is that Nobody she just comes does. in. Yeah. But when I'm writing, I don't like being interrupted. <laughs> I think we will call up Marcel Proust's maid and she can come out of the grave and she can stand take care at your of Emmy. <laughs> But Emmy's great, but she doesn't realise the process is so mm. different and mm. I'm lost in my head oh, and yeah. I want to be able to just do that. So maybe I need a sign. It's a sliding door, my one. So maybe I need a I think so. writer in progress. Because even my... Beloved husband Philip, when I'm working on a book, if it's at home, he'll say, mm. "Would you like a cup of tea?" And I think, "No, I would not like a cup of tea. I'm just about to have something yeah, happen in this correct. book." It's, it's this fa- funny thing, and I think Emmy doesn't quite understand. So maybe I need to start to tell her when I'm writing. Yeah, I think mm. I'll have a, a signal. Mm. Maybe I just close the door fully because usually it's always she's she's old enough to oh, understand. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I think she can respect what I'm doing, but mm. it's just that thing of. I like quiet space and just mm. not being interrupted. Mm. Um, but I think just to finish this first bit for our first episode, we spoke last time um, about the why of writing. And I think that was interesting and good for people to think about because, um, you know, you asked me why, I, why I'm doing this and I guess I've said it before, but I want to – I'm writing to heal, I'm writing to share, I'm writing in the hope to, you know – I mean, it is about – it is about capturing and digesting what happens in your life as well. There's a beautiful quote I just want to read that I found a while back. My book club read a, an older book by Helen Garner and she said this about journaling and I just thought, yes, that's I so related. So she said about journaling, you keep it not only because it gratifies your urge to sling words around every day without impunity, but because without it you will lose your life. Its detail will leak away into the sand and be gone forever. And I really love that because I feel the same with the novel. It's like this desperate desire to capture and catalogue what I've experienced Mm -hmm. then with the extra element of hoping it might help someone through a shitty time, really. I mean, Mm. that's that's what it is for me. Um, 
but for those who haven't heard of your background, Helen, like why did you write? What what was the why for you all those years ago when you began your writing journey? Well, originally, I think it was some form of postnatal depression that was yeah. undiagnosed. And the only qualification I had was in journalism. So, And my mother had been in journalism, so it was very natural for me to turn to the typewriter, as yeah. it was then. And yeah. I had, you know, Sam when I was 19 and Rob when I was 21 and... I was nuts, really. <laughs> and then when Sam was run over and killed at mm. the age of nine, yeah. I had this kind of crisis as a professional, not just as uh, on a personal level, mm. because I'd been writing all these light-hearted pieces about being a mum in the suburbs, okay. and then this terrible thing had happened to us, and I was only 28. And again, I thought... Like you, I think, mm. I decided to make this decision to share that with yeah. readers. Yeah. And okay. tremendous healing came back to me from from those people mm. because of it. So you wrote about it in your columns first? Yeah. yeah. Just a week after it had Bloody happened. Hell. Okay. I didn't know what what to do. I thought I should stop writing altogether yeah. or I keep pretending nothing's happened or I own up to this thing and just... Let Open it go. the door straight away. Yeah. And it, t- people were a lot more tight-laced, tight-lipped and, and okay. emotionally yeah. inept around grief there. Yeah. They wouldn't have the vocabulary, would they? No, and people would cross the road rather than see me and have to deal with whatever state mm. I might be in that particular day. But, you see, I, I, wasn't, I found out mm. through writing about it that I wasn't alone. Yeah. There is so much sorrow and grief out there in the world. Yeah. And we need to demystify that and share it with each other, but not in a creepy, martyrish way. No. But just make it a normal part yeah. of life. A shared experience. Mm. Yeah. Um, and between the columns that you started sharing, when did you come up with the idea for Cleo? Well, again, that came from a version of pain. We moved to Australia from New Zealand mm. and I couldn't get a job here. Yeah, you right. know, I was really... I was almost famous in New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> and then it came For, here. As a columnist. Yes, and, yeah. Yeah. and got here and nobody wanted me. So I thought, what, what on earth shall I do? And yeah. I thought, I remember whenever I wrote columns about Cleo, our cat, and, and about Sam, mm. that's the columns yeah. that people most related to. Yeah. Maybe I should tell that as a full story. And even then I thought it wouldn't, well, I couldn't get a publisher, I couldn't find an agent. So Mm. if you're out there with a manuscript and feeling depressed, don't worry. That's the normal course, isn't it? Keep at it. Keep at it. This is a tough game. Mm. Stick at it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. That's, That's fascinating. So it really was, it's interesting around that why, isn't it? It's sort of... A desire to be seen and heard and forge a path forward and all those mixed things to For heal. me personally, I think it's uh, to to avoid loneliness. Hmm. Yeah, well, I agree. It's that it's that's why that sort of quote resonates for me too. It's like to to be to be validated as a human being. That's that's how I see writing. Like if someone said to me, Kate, you're not allowed to journal. I think I'd go quite mad. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and if someone said to me, don't write this book, I'd also be really annoyed. It's like, <laughs> well, no one's going to say that. I know, but it's just funny when you're thinking of your why, you realise what it means to you, you know. So there you go. All right. Well, look, I think what we're doing at, at our end of this our discussion the is the diagnosis. So we're sort of, it's an opportunity to either you give some recommendation right, Kate, or, yes, what's. <laughs> my, my recommendation to you and yes. to any listener who's 
working on a book or trying to tune into their creative core, yep. particularly if you're female, mm. claim your time, yeah, right. claim your space, let the non-physical come in, whether it's from a little quirky routine you have going to the coffee shop every day mm. or just looking up at the trees and letting that space come in. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's a lovely diagnosis. This is the best clinic ever. <laughs> I wish doctors told you that. Imagine if you went to the doctor and they said, go and look at trees. Um, that's awesome. And just as a sort of look ahead to the week, is there anything coming up for you or is there anything you can recommend in general to readers? Is there anything you've been loving at the moment or a practice? or? A well, I'm absolutely loving desert island discs yes, on the bbc yes, you recommended this to yeah, me, yeah they're podcasts now and you can listen to anybody in history well in the last 50 years really choosing their most favorite eight most favorite pieces of music oh, yesterday i listened it. to yeah. yoko ono oh and i look, love yoko ono oh she She's spoke ace. about that moment when john was shot yeah and Honestly, I had tears welling in my yeah. eyes, you know. She's an incredible woman. She faced so much racism, sexism, mm. really, like more than most people yeah. should ever have to. Yeah. I mean, she was hated. She was vilified yeah. just by not fitting the mould of who so people saw So Google Desert Island, just Yoko Ono, and wow. that will be... I will definitely listen. I love Yoko Ono. I was trying to search for the Marion Keys one, but I got lost in the list. I'll, okay. I'll find it again because mm. I love Marion Keys too. Um, on speaking of podcasts, a lot of people might already be aware of this, but I've been really obsessed with The Lady Vanishes. It's a podcast that's on at the moment. If you haven't listened to it, I would recommend you just listen to the episodes. They have ones called Conversations that they do in between, but you could skip those just to get ahead. But it's basically, without trivialising it, it's true crime, but it's essentially a, an Australian mother who went missing 22 years ago and her daughter, who's about my age, desperately wants to find her um, and there's a sense that the police kind of muddled mm-hmm. you know what it is actually to be honest there's a sense of sexism yes because women's the police, lives aren't that valuable yeah and you know why because she was thrice married so she was a three-time mm-hmm. divorcee and they and she had changed her name before she left and yet there's a lot of suspicious reasons to question whether she may have done that under um you know from pressure from someone else because Go, go and have a look. But the sense I got is you're right. Back in Byron Bay in the day, they just went, ah, married three times. Yeah. She's flaky. Yeah. See you later. She's, yeah. she's not missing. She's gone missing voluntarily. It doesn't seem to be the case. No. So it's a great story in the daughter having finally a sense of justice. It's yep. a Channel 7 podcast. And I don't generally watch Channel 7. That's just as a value statement. Mm. <laughs> but mm. it's really good. It's good journalism. And I'm good. obsessed. So I'll recommend that to people as well. Um, so are you feeling better now? Yes. And I hope you're feeling better too. I'm feeling a lot better. No, I'm feeling inspired. That's the thing. I think this is a lovely message for my whole being of give space to this because... Space to you. Yeah, Yeah. it's just just a lot. I love it. I'm feeling elated. I never leave a clinic like this usually. (laughs) Well, that'll be $120, (laughs) but you can't blame it on Medicare. (laughs) 
exactly. And if you want to book Helen, good luck. She's very busy. Um, all right. Well, that's awesome. And just at the end, so we've mentioned our, our word list. I think we did well today. We didn't have any lovely, amazing no, journeys. we're working hard on that. Yes. Mm. Um, and I don't know if we mentioned, did we mention we're in Phillip Island today? I don't think we oh, did. I think mentioned it in passing. Yeah, but we've got a beautiful view, which I'm going to take a photo of um, just to recall this, because as we've been talking this whole time, we've got this beautiful view of, are they gum, what sort of trees are they? Bits paper, gum, paper bark. Bits of, well, we'd call that manuka in New Zealand. Beautiful Australian um, bush view yeah. really which is so gorgeous and there was a wallaby out there earlier Aww. too yeah. yeah this is really my soul home this place where i come here to write yeah, yeah. this is beautiful i just love it yeah so this is cool so this has been a, a, a philip island edition we may pop up here in the future as well um but i was just going to say to follow along on our journey so helen and i are both on on social so look up helen on facebook if you haven't already found her her um her username is Helen Brown International Author on Facebook, um, whereas on Instagram it's just Helen Brown Author. Um, and then myself, I've got a few because I've got my business, but I my mo- the main one I use is my Paperboat Digital Instagram, but I'm also personally on Instagram as Kate Fennessy, and I'm going to hopefully do more of that with my writing. And then I have got a Facebook page again with Paperboat Digital. So we'll be doing, now that we've recorded this one, we will do a live afterwards to share with um, Helen's community how that went. This is potentially going to be a very special edition live from a very special place. We'll just leave that as a hint because uh, we'll see how we go setting it up down there. But... um, So, yeah. I hope I don't regret this. <laughs> <laughs> it could be infamous. But um, the other thing was, especially Helen's fans out there, please leave us questions. Um, if you mm. like what you've heard, please subscribe, leave us a review. And But we definitely want to hear from you. Like, Leave a comment or a question about your creative journey because Helen um, is, is such a, you know, we're so lucky to have this resource and get this um, amazing advice from her perspective. So please... Don't hesitate to ask questions, things you'd like us to cover. And look, you know, I think you can even think of your life. You used journey. I did I? Yep, that's in this way. (laughs) I think you can think of your life as a creative project. I don't think you even have to think you've got to make something at the end of this. I think every day is such a treasure and such a gift that to live that as a a fully aware human being yeah and that, enjoying it yeah yeah well that's that's ultimately the the, the project we all have isn't it, it your is. life and that's yeah. high creativity otherwise you're just wasting it yeah well that's very true so yeah feel free to reach out um ask questions and tune in for next time so there you go yeah all right well we'll uh we'll see you next time and uh oh and also follow us on youtube we'll be popping this video up on youtube so we'll we'll shout out to what that is yet when we set it up we will. So we'll see you next time. Bye, Bye. everyone. Bye. <laughs>